There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we've got a great revenge story that takes place in boot camp. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, want to fight? The scene, 2006 public viewing England football game in Cologne, Germany, with around 30,000 fans. Great atmosphere, lots of drinking, heavily armed German police and riot gear all over the place. A drunk idiot rams me in the back spilling my drink and I stupidly retaliate by shoving him. He then confronts me wanting to fight. I say I don't want to fight but he won't give up. Follows me and keeps tugging at me saying, let's fight. I realize he's not going to stop and I don't want to get kicked out or arrested for fighting. I said to him, do you really want to fight? Follow me. Took him all the way to a German riot policeman and said, you want to fight? Fight him. Then I just turned around and started to go back to my mates. The lad then gets angry and grabs me by my collar. The German policeman then grabs him as I walk away. Didn't see him after that. Although OP did kind of initiate a little bit of something by pushing the guy, this is definitely a cooler heads prevail situation. And honestly, I think it's just the right thing to do. If I was in that position, I'd immediately be looking for some way to end this thing and running up to the police in riot gear, probably a pretty good way. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is payback for attacking a charity event. So, I wasn't the one that came up with this idea, but I'm a benefactor of the situation. Every year, there's a charity softball game held in our county with rotating beneficiaries. This year, all money raised was to support individuals in the county with cancer. Not to pay direct medical bills, but to assist with all the other costs, such as travel expenses, lost wages, etc. There are lots of fundraising opportunities at this tournament, but it's just a one-day tournament. So it is strictly bring your own beer, as those running the tournament aren't going to get a liquor license. It's run this way every year. The complex this tournament is hosted at has concessions that are run independently from the tournament. This year, the lady who runs concessions got something stuck up her butt or something because she got pissed off and called the cops, saying that those running the tournament were selling beer without a license. This was not true, but news of the incident spread pretty far throughout the county. One of the guys, we'll call him Scott, who is one of the leaders for the tournament was understandably furious. And so this week, there's another tournament being hosted at the same complex by a different organizer the hosting team has ties to this lady that called the cops. So Scott is looking for a way to boycott this tournament, but realizes that having his team skip the tournament will be generally ineffective, so he comes up with this brilliant plan to hit him where it hurts. Scott and his team, who are sponsored by a local bar, go to every other team in the tournament and inform them they each have a $100 credit at the sponsor's bar and request teams don't hang out and buy beer at the tournament. The bar sponsoring Scott's team catches wind of this and decides to match the $100, giving each team a $200 tab to keep them from buying beer at the tournament. I'm not sure I would have been able to handle this any better myself, 
It seems like honestly a very reasonable and mature way of going about it. Like, it could have gotten petty and messy and ended up putting a stain on the whole purpose of the event, but they just went about it in a very effective way. This next story is, Happy Merry Christmas, you garbage being. This is probably the one and only habit I took up and kept to this day just to be petty. Since we're here to enjoy some nice cup of good old petty tea and not for the family drama, I won't go into the whole story about what a fine specimen of human garbage my stepfather is, but to give some summary for context, my mom and me coexisted in the same living space. But that was pretty much it when it came to the responsibilities of a caretaker. When stepfather moved in in my early teen years, things went to him actively bullying me out of their life quickly, and she enabled him, so at 15 I packed my things and left. We went no contact for some years, but in my 20s things developed in a direction where mom and me built up a somewhat friendly relationship. Not a mother-daughter one though. I had to come to terms with her never taking on the role of a caretaker and always putting stepfather first, more like an aunt I see on family gatherings. And oh, the family gatherings. Stepfather was as strong and despicable as ever, not actively attacking me in front of the family but making comments here and there under his breath that he knew I could hear, making toasts on how he was my mom's savior out of her misery when everyone else left her, for example, me, and so on. I'm happy to say that with time, therapy, and working on myself, I'm now able to not let it get to me anymore. The best revenge is a life well lived after all, and he's absolutely not worth the energy and negative emotions which only affect my well-being. I couldn't resist this one repeated act of pettiness though. For Christmas, of course, my present is to them both as a couple and not only to my mom, as it would raise flags from the family. They always got some nice pralines. Sometimes I bake a gorgeous cake. I love getting creative with cake decorating. One time I bought a really good red dessert wine. Way too sweet for my taste, but my mom liked it very much. He's diabetic. It's honestly really hilarious and fun that you have a way to give something nice to your mom that will just absolutely leave the stepfather out. This next story is my new favorite form of petty revenge. When people see you walking to the entrance of a building just a few feet behind them but don't hold the door, but then they're awkwardly stuck with you waiting for the elevator because you were right behind them and they were probably hoping you were heading somewhere else, so you quickly get in the elevator first and press the button for your floor and don't ask, what floor? Proceeding to them having to awkwardly reach near you to press the button for their floor. Ah, classic. Happened twice so far. You know, it just doesn't really hurt anybody to have a little common courtesy. I definitely, when possible, try to hold the door open for other people. And especially as far as the elevator goes, I despise the people that are willing to stand there and look you in the eye and watch you as the elevator doors close as you're just about walking up to it. Even worse is the shameful ones that pretend that you're not there. Our next story is walking in others' shoes. I live in a major city. My neighbor, a young sneakerhead and occasional hype beast, has been rude to others including my wife. Irritated, I found a way to respond. Since we usually speak my wife's native language, he assumed she couldn't understand English. In the elevator, he made unkind comments. Learning he resells sneakers, I took action. I kept track of his social media and ordered popular replica sneakers. I donated them to a nearby school with fewer resources. As the less fortunate kids proudly wore them, the wealthy ones lost interest. It has hurt his business, as I've been doing this for the last 18 months, 
and around 100 pairs. Honestly, the thing I love most about this story is that all of these kids who can't afford these shoes are getting shoes whether they're replica or not. I mean, forget just the fact that it's a good revenge against this guy who's a terrible person, but it actually helps people who could really use that. This next story is revenge for declining to post a fake game review. I recently posted to Reddit about an iOS game I published two years prior, which was a flop. Someone posted a nice reply, then PM'd me to say they'd left a review, the only one, and rated it five stars, one of two ratings. They also asked me to play their game and rate it, but only if four stars or higher. I played their game for an hour and sent back a bunch of constructive feedback. I also explained that due to numerous hangs and unlicensed content, I would withhold my rating for now, but let me know when the problems are fixed and I'll have another look. I just realized that they removed their review and changed their rating to one star. My game now has 100% less reviews than before, and the average rating has dropped from 5 to 3 stars. Update, had a chat with them, and they assure me it was a mistake and the changes would be reverted in the next few hours. That's good enough for me. By all means though, in this situation, especially if they don't take that review back, I see that as all means forward to leave a one-star review on theirs and share all the negatives you saw. Our next story is, that's okay, use my soap and deodorant. My brother, well over 20s, still lives with us. He uses everything I own to the point that I have to lock it up with three locks. Our parents only tell him to stop, but he never does. A couple weeks ago, I was fed up. I had just got home from school and decided that I would leave some stuff out, but the stuff was deodorant and soap. I went to the bathroom to unleash the most messiest bowel movement ever. Yes, I wiped. Not that you think the next part is grosser than it actually is and turned the shower on, but before I went in, I rubbed the deodorant on my buttocks and put it back for him to use. In the shower, I took the bar of soap and rubbed it on my bum as well. I really scrubbed. Have fun using my stuff. Never steal siblings' items. I mean, to be fair, as long as you use the soap pretty well, I don't think it truly matters, although it's definitely a mental hurdle, but the deodorant is definitely pretty gross. And second point, who willingly shares deodorant? I don't know if that's just me being a germaphobe in that situation, but it seems pretty gross to me, unless it's like a no-contact spray, to just like grab somebody else's stick of deodorant and just start applying it to your underarm. I mean, think about all the times that they might have needed it in a pinch because they were really smelling. You're just gonna go and rub that all under your arm too? Our next story is Bad Boyfriend. Hi all. I had a boyfriend, we were together for about two years. When we met, he had just come to my city to go to university. He had no friends, much less relatives in this city. I won't tell you how it all started. We met and started dating. He lived in dorms for a while and later started insisting that we move in together. I had my own apartment, but he didn't know about it. He thought I was renting it. Don't ask why I didn't tell him about it, I had my own reasons. In the end, I agreed to live together, but I never told him that the apartment was mine, my parents' apartment which they would buy for me. Of course, he as a gentleman offered to pay the rent of the apartment from his purse, but I said that he shouldn't worry and that the apartment is paid by my parents. I remind you that the apartment belongs to my parents. He was a little embarrassed, but he was happy that there would be extra money. So after a year and a half of a relationship that seemed good to me, and I always thought that my boyfriend was ready to come to my rescue, I was very wrong. 
My very distant acquaintance with whom we communicated once a year sends me messages that wrote him, my boyfriend, they also rarely communicated, if you need proof I can discount, there was something similar to this, shortened version. My friend said, hi how are you, how's it going with OP? The guy said, it's going great, with OP I want to break it off but until I find a place to live I'll wait, her parents pay the rent and it's very convenient. Again, this is a shortened version to get the gist, their dialogue was much longer. After seeing this, I was both sad and hurt and generally disgusted that I'd spent so much time with such a person who, because of the benefits, can't break up the relationship. So this is what the revenge is all about. I didn't tell him anything when I found out, but a plan matured in my head. A week later, I told him that my parents won't be able to pay the rent for a while. I remind you, it's their apartment. I thought he would confess and tell me that he wanted to break up and just leave, but no, he said, I understand if it's temporary. I'm willing to pay the rent for a while. And he paid the rent for three months. But in the end, he couldn't stand it and gave away everything, what he wrote to our acquaintance, and the same day he moved out of my place. You're probably thinking, did she tell him it was her parents' apartment? Of course she did. And his face and all the horrible words he yelled at me were worth it. So is OP basically saying they collected their money for three months just to get back at them for, I mean, being a terrible person and trying to mooch off of them and their parents? I don't know if it's the most ethical thing, but do you really blame OP? Do you guys think it's fair what OP did? Or should OP have been the one to just stand up and end the relationship and break it off instead of trying to collect their money? Our next story is, 20 plus year old vengeful pettiness comes to fruition. A few months ago, I got a call from my very distressed and angry godson, his piece of crab mother, momster, and soon to be ex-wife. They've conspired to hide soon to be ex-wife's cheating and attempted theft of estate and heirlooms. Quick backstory, I introduced godson's parents without knowing at the time momster was a gold digging narcissistic monster, parents had an extremely ugly and long divorce. When godson turned 18 and the divorce was still going on, father removed himself from his family's multi-generational estate and trust to transfer all of it, including house, to godson. As a Christmas-slash-Hanukkah present, godson served both parents with eviction notice. Father's envelope also had a rental agreement. Within a few months, parents' divorce was finalized and both father and godson were no contact with momster. Due to her deplorable treatment of godson, I was already no contact with Momster. After Godson vented about learning Momster and soon-to-be ex-wife had been attempting to access the safety deposit boxes at banks and safes within the home with the intention of stealing contents, the final straw was soon-to-be ex-wife's flavor of the week along with the vile pair of women were trying to cut into a safe when Godson got home with their child she had forgotten to pick up. Soon-to-be ex-wife and co-conspirators were so involved with the safe break in that the child was forgotten and Godson was called by the school to pick up the child. Godson had a hinkling of soon-to-be ex-wife's infidelity beforehand and had security camera footage in home and the door cameras were backed up to the estate lawyers. Godson was in the process of drawing up divorce papers due to infidelity and was waiting for the more proof because Godson wanted full custody of their child. Now, his child is still a minor, but of the age to choose which parent they want to live with, and they want to stay with Godson and in the home. Soon-to-be ex-wife gets absolutely no monetary compensation 
due to infidelity, as the very detailed prenuptial detailed. Soon-to-be ex-wife is pissed, to say the least, and is trying all the dirty games Momster tried all those years ago, plus new games. Godson is heartbroken because he truly loves soon-to-be ex-wife, and his parents' divorce really affected him. He never wanted a repeat of his parents' divorce, and didn't want his child to experience what he did. During one of our last calls, Godson is venting about the newest manipulation of soon-to-be ex and momster, and his and his child's heartbreak. Yes, they're both in joint and individual therapy. I remembered something about his parents' divorce. A little clause I mentioned a father to add to divorce decree. I never read their papers, and I'm not sure if my little petty addition was actually added. I mentioned to Godson to ask the lawyers to research Momster's divorce papers for a conspiracy against the state, or something like that. I received a text from Godson. Is this your vengeful petty addition? Followed with an image full of legalese and Momster's signature at the end of the paragraph. The legalese basically stating any involvement to acquire trust or estate assets will nullify any and all previously incurred monetary compensation received by plaintiff, and all monetary compensation will be refunded to the trust slash estate with interest at market value. I really am a vindictive and protective god mom. I texted back, Bwahaha, yep, happier father was pissed enough to add my pettiness. Yes, mom. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase got alimony and yes, she agreed to the stipulation. So yes, Momster's involvement in the attempted theft has caused her to lose alimony and now must repay all alimony with interest. I was petty vengeful even then. Cooler minds, father and lawyers, prevailed and didn't allow me to car compact or all her belongings into a big cube. So I wanted to get her where she would feel it most. And I'm shocked Godson's big teddy bear of a father really followed through with my addition to the divorce decree. Momster's now crying about her son stealing from her. Soon-to-be ex isn't fighting the divorce or child custody. And Godson and grand-godson are planning a summer world tour on Momster's dime. Finally, a new and updated vengeful petty clause is being added to the new divorce papers. Don't hurt my godsons or I'll come after you. Soon-to-be ex-wife email is being bombed with spam mail thanks from me. Whenever I see an email sign up for free information, I use hers. It's a little pettiness and absolutely entertaining for me. That was some advanced planning ahead to have that clause put in there, but 
I mean, hey, the person gave you more than enough incentive to make sure you protect yourself against that. I mean, you were just looking out for your family. Our next story is move my furniture, my turn. This happened when I'd only just moved from my home and got my own place. Super proud of myself as I'd saved like a demon and bought, with mortgage obviously, my first place. Lovely little two bed flat in a slightly rough area, but I loved it and it was all mine. My mom and stepdad came to visit for a few days a few months after I was settled in. Nicely decorated in my style, all my own furniture. One of the evenings they stayed, I had to work a late shift. They planned to go out for dinner into the pub and I left them to it. Came home at 11pm and my mom had moved nearly all of the furniture around and all my books and kitchen stuff were moved to different shelves or cupboards. She even moved my bed in my room so when I opened the bedroom door it hit the bed. I was pissed. So I angrily fixed what I could that night before going to bed, spoke to her about it the next day, explained it's my home and I had it how I liked it, so stop please. I put everything else back which took hours. She grumbled the whole time that it looked better her way. Their last day I nipped out to the shops to get us some nice bits for lunch and in the hour I was gone she'd done it again. Moved all my kitchen stuff around to where she liked it. Again I told her off. My house, my rules. She still maintained it was better her way and I should just let her crack on. Fine. I let her do what she wanted and put my stuff back when they left. My revenge, I went to visit their house six months later and did it to her. She went out to work one day and I rearranged every bit of furniture I could by myself. Everything. Swapped the dining room and living room furniture over so you had to walk food through the living room and across the hallway to get to the dining room. Swapped their bedroom and guest room curtains over. The windows were different sizes so now their bedroom curtains were two feet too short. Even the pointless little things like moving the spoons to a different side of the drawer and moved every photo on the walls to a different wall. Rearranged the fridge. Took me seven hours. My stepdad was home while I did it and laughed his head off the whole time. He refused to help, but he understood, so he let me crack on. Neither me nor my stepdad said anything when she got home. We just sat watching TV, which was now in what was their dining room, and I asked her how was work. She didn't say a word. She walked around the house, taking it all in for 20 minutes. Then came and sat down, looked at me and said, Point taken. They had put it back to how it was the next time I visited. We've not spoken of it since. I mean, I don't care if it's your pride and joy. If it's their house, don't go rearranging it like a terrible entitled tornado. I don't care how much you think it violates all rules of feng shui. This next story is Entitled Coworker. Many years ago, I used to work nights and shared a cubicle workspace with someone who worked days. We'll call her Karen. Karen apparently thought the entire cubicle belonged to her and nobody was allowed to sit there. Everything was labeled with her name and she would lock the desk. I had to get a separate file cabinet just so I could store my files and stuff as she was not willing to share. She had little knickknacks, figures all over the desk in inconvenient areas that made it difficult to work. So I would simply move them to the monitor stand out of the way. I'm short and she's tall. I'd adjust the seat, monitor, and phone to be comfortable. Hated feeling like a little kid with my feet dangling. Fast forward a few weeks of doing the routine of moving the figures and adjusting the workspace for my use. I come in and there's an 11 by 14 piece of paper taped to the monitor with an aggressive note. 
Night person, do not move my stuff. It's not yours to touch and stop adjusting the seat and monitor because it's not ergonomically correct, blah blah blah. I showed my manager the letter and how the desk was when I came in, then again after adjusting it to my needs. He laughed and said she's crazy, continue to adjust it to better suit your needs, and she can do the same when she comes in. Cue the petty revenge. I started moving everything into random configurations daily for a couple weeks. Monitor in front of desk and everything behind it stacked up like a pyramid, unplugged phone from base and put the mouse in its place, left the seat upside down, etc. I recruited co-workers to get in on the fun, helping to redesign each new layout. It reminded me of what Jim used to do to Dwight in the office. We didn't go as far as putting her stapler in jello. My friend worked days two cubicles over, conveniently next to the manager's office, and said Karen would stomp past her every day to complain to the manager about the night person who was destroying her stuff and making it difficult to work. She conveniently left out the fact that she had left a note starting this whole petty revenge. After about a week of her complaining, the manager asked if anything was missing or broken, and she said, well, no, but tired of her BS, they cut her off and said to simply readjust to her needs and only come to them if anything was vandalized. It was fun to hear from my friend how hot and bothered she was, not knowing what she would find each morning. I never saw another note from her, but about a year later, she was voluntold to move to nights. She was telling a few of us about the situation, of course playing the victim, and asked if we had any idea who it could have been. The cubicle was empty because I had promoted, and no longer sat at her desk by this time. Guess she expected the person, me, to get thrown under the bus because the day crew was cutthroat? Little did she know the night crew was ride or die. We all played dumb and started laughing the second she walked outside. No, the cubicle does not belong to you. Others are allowed to use it and adjust items accordingly, you entitled Karen. I mean, I think we can just all agree here, it sucks to have to share a desk regardless. Especially if you've been in a situation where you had been using that desk by yourself for a long period of time, to the point where you were comfortable enough to personalize it with knickknacks and photos and stuff. So I get the frustration, but she kinda should have just dealt with it. Take the knickknacks home if they keep getting moved and it irritates you so much. Our next story is, don't look down on short people. I'm pretty short for a guy, 5'5 or 1m65. At the time of this event, I was in college. We had a class about how we were supposed to deal with aggression, both instrumental aggression and emotional aggression. FYI, emotional aggression is as the name indicated, aggression coming from emotions like anger or grief. Instrumental aggression is aggression used as a tool to reach a certain goal, it's manipulative and insidious. Most of it was practical exercises where one student had to act as the aggressor and the other as the one handling the aggressor. In this exercise, I had to pretend to be the aggressor while the other student, let's call him A, had to be the victim while trying to get me to leave the premises. There are certain tactics for this, like starting out polite and getting increasingly less polite, until eventually the victim keeps yelling, get out, which is usually where the aggressor stops and actually gets out. A was taller than me by at least 20 centimeters, 7 inches. While we were doing the exercise, he laughed and mocked me saying sorry, but he could never be intimidated by such a small guy like me. 
I was trying pretty hard to come over as aggressive, but all he did was laugh. It felt pretty humiliating. Just do the exercise, please, even if you have to play along. Couple of months later, we have to do our exam, and I get paired up with the same guy. Again, I am the aggressor, using instrumental aggression. The situation is that I'm smoking in a non-smoking area, whereas he's the safety advisor trying to get me to leave. Oh boy, it's payback time. In a normal situation, I have to act up a bit and then leave after tactics are used, but I felt like simulating real life just a tiny bit more. This is how the exam went while other students and the teacher watched. A said, excuse me sir, but you're not allowed to smoke in this parking lot. Please put out the cigarette. I said, nah. They said again, it's against the rules to smoke here. I advise you to leave. I say, advise all you'd like, boy. A says, I'm telling you to leave now. I yawn and pretend to ignore him while smoking a fictitious cigarette. A says, get out. I chuckle and keep smoking. He says, get out. This is where the scenario usually ends. I start walking towards him and blow fictitious smoke in his face and see him get flustered. He says, get out. I walk back towards my smoking spot and continue smoking. Just because you're yelling now doesn't mean anything's changed. A's face is beat red by now and he's visibly shaking from nervousness. It's still an exam after all and he's at a loss. A with a trembling voice says, If you don't leave, I'm going to call the police. Me, cute as an ice cube, said, Go ahead. Few more puffs and my cig is finished anyway. A pretends to call the police. I said, Well, I'm done. See ya, dumb butt. Scenario end. Visible relief on A's face and that of the surrounding students who thought it was all a bit too intense. A walks up to me complaining that I dragged it out too long. Respond by telling him things don't always play out the way you've learned them in class. Teacher agreed with what I said and follows up by saying that the important thing was that I left. Even if his actions didn't have that much impact on me, he still did everything by the book. So it's not like he failed his exam, which wasn't my intention either. I just wanted to give him a hard time, because shorties are people too, donkey. Although this person was willing to put down other people, no pun intended there, you could tell there was a lot of fear in this person's heart. Like, I wonder if a bit of it is just an act they put on. Our next story is, snitch on me in boot camp? Okay, you're a size small, right? I joined the Marine Corps straight out of high school. Life goal for me was all I ever wanted. Looking back now, I probably should have thought bigger, but hey, who can say they fulfilled their life's dream at 18 years old? I went to Paris Island in the dead of summer, so it was hot and muggy. It was my home for the next three months. Anyone who's been there knows it is not the best place to be, always running back and forth, getting chewed out left and right, all in the hopes of making you worth something. Looking back at it now, I still wouldn't change a thing. I got there around 140 pounds and left 170 mainly because my senior drill instructor couldn't tell the difference between Garcia and Gonzalez, so I got his push-ups whenever he was at medical or dental. The time of day that was the most cherished was night. We would all lay in our rack, thinking and fearing of the day ahead and go to sleep. Now, if you served in any branch of service, you know about Firewatch. For those who don't, instead of sleeping the whole night, certain people on a rotating roster will take a shift walking around the squad bay and recording any irregularities. Most people hated it. I only enjoyed it when I had either first or last shift so I would have uninterrupted sleep. So we were issued rifles, 
and every night we would have to secure them with a lock and chain. I don't know how it happened, guess I forgot, but I somehow managed to not secure my rifle. The recruit who was on firewatch was Recruit Johnson, fake name, and instead of waking me up and saying, hey man, your rifle isn't secure, you might want to fix that, he decided to wake up the drill instructor on duty and got me to take his shift of firewatch that night, and he got to go back to sleep. So I was upset I wasn't on the schedule to have firewatch that night. Now I would have it like three nights in a row. I wanted to get back at Johnson but didn't know how. Until I started sorting out the laundry. One of the things Firewatch would do throughout the night was everyone's laundry and would roll the skivvies, shirts, and socks into a grunt roll and place them on each recruit's locker. Once we wake up, we would place them in the locker and get ready for another day in paradise. Now, Recruit Johnson was tall, probably one of the tallest in the platoon. That night and every night I had Firewatch, I personally made sure all his grunt rolls had size small shirts and skivvy shorts. Every night before free time, we would have to report that we have no injuries or problems to report while spinning in place to show any wounds while in our skivvies. And almost every night, Recruit Johnson was wearing clothes that were way too small. He would always complain in free time saying, why do I keep getting small clothes? And everyone would laugh, me most of all. It's one of my most favorite stories from boot camp, and I thought y'all might like to read it. It's probably a pretty risky prospect trying to get back at somebody while in boot camp, but I'm glad in OP's case that they managed to get away with it unscathed. I thought like they were gonna find a way to like every single night trip or drop or make a sound right by their bed, something to just really irritate this dude over and over. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.